Hey everyone, Tom here, Alpha Metallica, back with yet another episode, solo episode. We did actually record an Invisible Kid episode with a guest. It sounded fine, it was a good episode, but unfortunately when I went to edit it, for whatever reason, the guest mic was chopping in and out, and I couldn't really bother to edit it, and a lot of it needed to be salvaged, so I just thought, you know, no harm really done. It's been a while since I've done an episode on my own, so yeah, today we're going through Invisible Kid from St. Anger. God, so many people hate Say Anger, don't they? I don't understand it. I actually think Invisible Kid's a pretty great song. And I think All Within My Hands and Say Anger and Frantic and My World and Dirty Window. And it's a pretty fucking good record, actually, in my eyes. Uh, a lot better than Reload or Bon Jovi's Bounce from 2002 or Boston's third record, as I found out the other week. That, that's really shitty. It's really disappointing to the uh, to the first two. See older MUYP crossover for Boston references and those sort of in-jokes. But yeah, if you're new to the show, this is myself and normally a guest from around the world. We're going through Metallica's entire back catalogue, song by song, in alphabetical order. Um, you know, just pointing out some little musical criticism ideas. Anything we wanted to say about the song, really. The episodes don't normally run to 20, 30 minutes or anything beyond that. We don't go too deep, although, you know, we go we go fairly deep. Some of the ones have gone pretty long form, but I'm babbling here. This is what happens when I don't have a guest. So, yeah, please follow us at MetallicaPod on Twitter. Get in touch with me at MetallicaPod at gmail.com. We're getting into free emails today, free really good emails. Please get in touch. Uh, always great to hear from you. Patreon is there. Patreon is a pay-per-view service for Alpha Metallica, so all the content that we put out there goes on there first like these episodes, like the recent episode I did with Joker, the iconography of Metallica, definitely check that out, get some great feedback on that, really enjoyed talking about all the album covers and logos, etc. iTunes is there, if you want to leave a review for us on iTunes as well, please help to push us up to the, well, uh, we're pretty much always going to be in the second spot uh, next to Clint and Ethan, but you know, I'm I'm glad to be there, so leave a review for us there. Uh, What else is there? The YouTube channel. You know, maybe you listen to this on YouTube. I know quite a few people do. I definitely put that up there for them. But if you don't, if you're not subscribed to us, please subscribe there. Comment below. Let us know what you think of Invisible Kid and all that other stuff. But uh, yeah, let's get to the emails. So yeah, the first email of today's episode comes from Wade Nichols. Thank you so much, Wade, for getting in touch. And we don't get many emails here at Alpha Metallica. Like, you know, remember when Ringo Starr was in The Simpsons, the amount of mail that he got? That is how much metal up your podcast gets, actually. This is some insider nerdy... Metallica podcast info that I shouldn't be leaking, sort of a, you know, Edward Snowden-like of this project, but yeah, uh, Clint, uh, who is an awesome dude, he he showed me recently, I asked just because I was curious, and I'm sure you are, how many emails do you guys get? Because they are such a, a, a juggernaut of Metallica podcasting. I I am in awe in their wake, really. Shout out to Clint. Shout out to Ethan. Shout out to all the characters that are in that show. How long those shows are. How many things they've covered. How many things they're going to cover. The fan events. Like, you know, they are, they are inspirational. But uh, Wade Nichols gets in touch. He says, hello, Tom. My name is Wade, and I'm from the suburbs of the state of Georgia, which is obviously in New Jersey. See, the, the Metal Like Your Podcast guys permeate always. Anyway, uh, after much reluctance and hearing constantly about you from the Metal Like Your Podcast guys, I decided to give you a podcast a go. I do enjoy your format and you and your guest views on each Metallica song. I think it's commendable that you will invite any fan of the show to give their personal thoughts. Very cool. Having said that, the And Justice For All episode, which, sidebar here, I think was the ninth episode or so, uh, with my uh, good friend Sam Wiles, the guy that I did my Tom Waits podcast with, you may be aware, down in the hole. If you're into Tom Waits, you want to hear me talk about Tom Waits for like 30 hours with some other guy, check it out, that's Sam. Uh, absolutely killed him this episode, he said. So many eye-rolling moments. It's funny you mention that. Any time I've had Sam on any other podcast, I've had him on Battle Rap podcast as well. 
He got pelters, he was disliked, but he helped to record BRR in the park. So yeah, uh, I did a little battle rap event in London, by the way, Alf Metallic fans, if you're interested, if you want to see that, uh, search battle rap as me. But anyway, so many eye-rolling moments from the statements of your guest. Someone, this is Sam, who is not a metal fan at all. At the same time, it's pure and it's a real reaction. I've been a Metallica fan for the age of 14. I'm 37 now. I came online with the Black Album. I had to convince my mum to buy it for me because of the stigma that the band carried at the time. I devoured that album and wanted more. That was back in 1992, so information album order wasn't an easy thing to come across. So I just started buying albums at random. My second album was Ride, and I was hooked on Fresh Metal and never turned back. I saw them in 1994 in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is also in New Jersey. Before they hit the studio for Load, saw them again for the Reload tour and in Atlanta for the hot work for the Worldwide tour. The boys sound better than ever. James's voice has matured and become even more iconic. Yeah, I agree. I have whiplash tickets for Nashville and I'm planning to party with Ethan and Clint the night before at their party. Fucking stoked. I'm on my way back on. I'm on my way. I'm on. I'm way way back on your Cure episode. <laughs> oh my god, back in the Cure days. And don't know where you're far. Where you're at as far as guests, but if there's open songs, I'd love to come on. So yeah, obviously we had Wade. Um, I can't, let's have a look. What song are we covering? Okay, so with Wade, we're covering Poor Twisted Me. So that should be a really fun episode that's going to be a little while away. But yeah, the Cure days. Like, yeah, thank you to everyone that's been listening uh, to the show because we're getting a little further in the alphabet each fucking time. But yeah, I appreciate it. But yeah, thank you to Wade. Okay, and the next one comes from Carl Peters. He says, hey man, I've just gotten into your show and I've been binge watching or listening the hell out of it. My best bud, Nick Graham, was actually on, yeah, uh, for number 37, Disposable Heroes. Funny story, for a time we were both unaware of our deep love of Metallica, despite being best friends, although my obsession runs a lot deeper than his. Just want to say, keep up the good work. I've been having a blast catching up on the episodes. Sincerely, Carl Peters. Thank you, Carl. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've been going now on the show for more than a year or so. I mean, this is episode 70-odd, so obviously more than a year or so. And it is mad to think of the people devouring these archives, but I have that myself. That's one of my favourite things to do when I discover new podcasts like I'm sure I've mentioned it on the show before, uh, Dave and Dave Unchained, which is this incredible Van Halen podcast. They just released one a month. They went to like college together in the 80s and they've been following the band, you know, prior to that. And they've been to all the concerts and, you know, they know them like the back of their hand. They've had like fucking Sammy Hagar on the show and Eddie Van Halen's guitar tech and pretty much everyone <laughs> apart from the Van Halen brothers seems to grace it. And it's been so good for me going back over the last two years or so and just you know, nonstop. So I appreciate that, Cole. And, you know, yeah, binge list. Think I, I approve of it definitely. Uh, final email comes from great friend of the show, also a patron, Kevin Van Dam. He says, Tom. Love the iconography episode. Really great stuff. You and Joker had some great insights on the layers of the album covers that I'd never really considered, so it was really interesting. Death Magnetic is easily my favourite album cover. Simple, minimalist, but intriguing, and undeniably a metal title. Yeah, definitely. Clint Wells uh, was actually coming through Denver with the Rodney Atkins crew on Friday, and we hung out a bit before after his show. We, well, at least I, had a tremendous time just talking about life and music and Metallica, and I found out we have some very similar praiseworthy thoughts on your project. I'm really glad you've allowed me to be part of it oh thank you very much man uh, as always keep it up and can't wait to be on again mama said on christmas eve <laughs> might be too much pressure so yeah mama said is the next episode we're going to do with kevin kevin actually did reach out as well and very great graciously offered to cover little dog with me which is the lulu one that um i pretty much is the only song i've not got covered up until uh you know early next year so we're going to do that as well so yeah we're going to cover little dog which is like 20 minutes long so i appreciate that kevin it's a bit of a beast and we're going to do mama said as well which yeah is going to drop christmas eve we've got lo- Loads of good episodes coming up. I mean, you know, earlier on in the show, I used to ask, you know, if you want to get, if you want to come on the show, and still, I, I really want people to come on the show, but 
you know, the letters that are available now, and we're on letter I at the moment, the letters that are available are like P and R, you know, towards the latter end of the alphabet, and that won't be until the latter end of 2019. So it's a little while away, but again, you know, I'd love to put you down there. And it's a cool thing as well. You know, I've had a few people on the show that early days wanted to be on, and they figured that Four Horsemen or whatever, or Frantic, was going to be slightly closer. Um, but still, lots of time to listen to the track. So, yeah, today I'm uh, going to talk about Invisible Kid, which is funny, really, because we've now tackled the two longest songs on say anger this is eight minutes 30 and all within my hands is eight minutes 48 uh, some kind of monster is eight minutes 26 and i think say anger kind of justifies these lengths to be honest with you i think they make them quite compelling even though invisible kid is made up of a lot of composite parts and it doesn't have any elongated solo break or anything like that which i could hear on this song part of me Looking back on the whole Say Anger thing and thinking about it this week, you know, Kirk saying that the solos didn't fit. I don't... I kind of think that's sort of bullshit. I definitely think there could be a long, interesting solo on Invisible Kid. And I definitely think someone more skilled in that department, a la Dimebag, could have done something. And the reason I mention that is, you know, Pantera are always a band I've been interested in, always enjoyed. But they're never a band that I've really delved into to be honest with you i couldn't tell you any deep cuts or anything like that and that's purely my fault i'm listening to too much fucking boston i need to start listening to more pantera but i have been listening to the great southern trend kill which me and joker mentioned before on the episode and in particular the song the great southern trend kill which is so fucking good if you've not heard the song it's kind of this, you know, rampaging onslaught, this juggernaut by, you know, led spearheaded uh, by Phil uh, at the start, pretty much for the first two minutes. And the last two minutes is just this huge guitar solo over quite an awkward riff. It's a very sort of proto-skinnered, uh, by the way, that Leonard Skinner documentary, I don't know if anyone saw that on Showtime. Well, obviously I torrented it, I was, I'm, I'm Brit over here. Absolutely fantastic. What a brilliant band they were, like really underestimated. But yeah, if you look for a good music documentary, I think it's called like If I Leave Here Tomorrow or something. And um, there's a part where they go to the swamp where the plane crashed and they're still digging out parts from the peat and you know it's crazy anyway what was i saying yeah uh, great southern trend kill again i don't have a guest here uh, great southern trend kill amazing fucking guitar solo at the end of that song i listened to it so much and it just made me think about something like this that could maybe have a bit of kirk's working over it but again it's nice, you know, say anger such a break from so many things in the Metallica mythos that perhaps it makes sense that we don't hear any fucking war on this. So yeah, we begin uh, with that intro riff, and I love how it begins with the empty clatter, that horrific snare, which you can hear throughout the track, and you really can hear it a lot throughout this song. Obviously you can hear it throughout the bloodline of all of say anger, but for some reason to my ears it's slightly more prevalent in this than other songs. And the guitar tone on this song, in my eyes... The guitar tone on this song, to my ears, is to die for, really. I can't get enough of that grungy, dirt under the picking fingernails, the amp sounding like, it, you know, sounding like Hetfield plugged his fucking guitar in some booming hobo carriage. It just has a has a brute force against the skeletal drums, and it's very immediate, and I think it's kind of undeniable, really. Like, you know, when you click play on Invisible Kid, it definitely tells you what the fuck is going on, and two of the guitars as well, working well together, creating something compelling. You know, it's very bloody, it's very visceral, it's very chunky, and the band are very good in all the eras but say in the death magnetic era they would often tie together different riffs with slight movements like note passages but here it just happens organically so we hear the riff going from a very propulsive mode to go into a very chunky mode in the blink of an eye and underneath it all is Lars uh, bashing away again you know at the risk of repeating myself I really like the sound of say anger drums included and I think 
because a lot of people would think, you know, whatever, I'm fucking mad for this. You know, they think oh, I'm a, a masochist, uh, hourly, which was quite a hard word to say. Uh, but I think it comes from being so madly into Tom Waits, mostly, because obviously Tom Waits was coming from that background. Uh, you know, the sort of hobo musicians like Charlie Parch and, of course, Captain Beefheart and all that sort of idea of sort of broken instruments being, you know, melodically compelling, especially Bone Machine. If you're into um, Waits and you're into Say Anger, you've not listened to Bone Machine from 91. That is an unbelievable record. And it sounds a lot like Say Anger in a lot of places, namely uh, the percussion. But yeah, the riff itself as we move forward in these opening minutes, it stoops, it arches, you know, it's mercurial, it has a dynamism to it as it pulls forward. And then we get into one of the most exciting bits of the track as the proverbial foreskin, that's probably not the best term, the outer layer, as that is pulled back and we get to the exposed pulsing nerve of the track, you know, the dun 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 you know, we've all play guitar, we all write riffs, and I was never much of an inventive guitar player in that realm. I love to play. I think I wrote one or two riffs that I thought were okay, but looking back, they just drop D nonsenses that have a little bit of menace to them. But whenever you're writing guitar riffs like that, and you don't know what to do for the end, you just sort of move up the scale, like James does here, like da na na na. But there's something about the um, there's something about the vision here that plays into the song, and the way the na na na, it kind of feels like this rope pulling you forward it has this gurgle to the tone as well and quite quickly we're into the verse like i think maybe if this is a hard word song they would have repeated that riff maybe four more bars and then we get james singing of it but, but you know we get james singing of it quite quickly james's voice needless to say is fantastic on the say anger sessions it really feels like he's going through some primal scream therapy for a lot of these tracks and he's he's vamping you know he's backing himself up on a lot of places reminds me a little bit of the house that jack built in the way that he's kind of self-accompanying himself and kind of doing duets of his uh, you know psychosis playing out here the lyrics bother a lot of people i've I've always said as well, I, I don't really see Metallica as, as a lyric band. They, they, their lyrics have never meant too much to me. Lyrics have never meant too much to me altogether, even though I sort of love battle rap and hip-hop and, you know, Tom Waits. I mentioned Tom Waits again. But I've always been much more interested in, in composition and, and the sound, the instruments. That That's always what's been just, just fussy for me as a fan. But yeah, a lot of people point to Invisible Kid as maybe being one of the uh, nadirs of the album and I think it's interesting that for an eight minute or so song there aren't that many different lyrics like whenever James is talking about the Invisible Kid in any of the three verses he's singing the same song and they're built around these mantras these very simple rhyme screams did hid fallen through the grid you know these sort of latchkey kid ideas that he's pushing forward here are very familiar but again not really been explored by Metallica too much I think I may be completely misremembering this I think James said it was somewhat based on his wife's experience or something like that but it's a very universal thing that I think we can all relate to uh, in some sort of paradigm but yeah the the, the, the lyrical sort of um, you know uh, crochets the nets that he goes through are all very based on repetition all the separate parts that come together so for instance we have you know Invisible Kid and then we you know backing up the riff as it goes the hurt inside hurt inside the i'm okay just go away which again feels to me very much a concession to that kind of new metal sound that was going on like that's in quite a popular thing to do 
um, you know, certainly Slipknot, and then I'm thinking of like um, Puddle of Mud. I know they weren't really in that vogue, but that kind of singing like this as a dissonance below, like you know, that's just a kind of that's a technique that all these bands sort of use. A lot of people cringe at a lot of moments in Invisible Kid, like the I'm Okay, and the next one that we're going to get to, the What a Good Boy You Are, which I know a lot of people don't like. I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. I like the implicit violence and tragedy of this song. I like the sound of this song. I like... I don't think this song is is boring at all, you know. A lot of music by Metallica uh, on Hardwired, on Reload... I'm kind of drumming my fingers. I'm kind of waiting for it to end. But a lot of the accusations that I volley at these songs could rightly be placed at the feet of Invisible Kid. It, it, it is very repetitive. It is overlong. But I just, the, the essence of it, the soul of it, I suppose, uh, appeals to me a bit more. And yeah, there's so much cool stuff going on with the guitars as well. There's nothing too fancy, but in there, Hurt Inside, Hurt Inside, listen to the guitar underneath. It just feels like, to me, like thousands of maggots crawling over each other. Like there's so many different lines going on at once. And it just makes for a very uh, intriguing moment in the song. And my favourite moment in the song actually is centred around probably the most hated moment ever. The uh, contrarian here. Okay, so the you know when we get when we get to like the fourth fifth minute, we get to something similar to the end of the solo in Cyanide, where it's very repetitive motif. The na 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 na. You know the kind of jackhammer idea, and then the song kind of opens up a bit again we go deeper into the viscera of the track i can't get enough of that that riff the um bam 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 and underneath is probably the only time you can hear mr bob rock uh so bob uh mr dr feelgood himself kind of lumbering underneath it reminds me a lot of um fieldy is it from corn you know just where the strings are barely attached to the bass guitar and they just create this real sort of skeletal thwack um invisible kid was actually in drop a flat tuning which i've, I've never gone that far myself i think the deepest i've gone is maybe drop c i used to be in a death metal band many years ago called skies turn to dust you can still find us on myspace We're actually on spotify as well <laughs> so search out skies turn to dust and we used to tune in that and then we used to do some system covers that i think were around that realm as well um the unnamed feelings in drop b flat tuning and apparently metallica had only twice released songs that are in tunings lower than d standard uh with bad seed and minus human both being in drop d flat tuning which is quite interesting so yeah that riff that monstrous bam 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 I like that. I like where that's going. It feels like James really has a, a, a platform, a podium. And the, ooh, for me, I'm not really replicating it too well. That's very cringy of me to even make that noise anyway. For me, it's the fragility that he's going into here. It's not even the lyrical ideas that are just kind of reinforcing what we've been told of the song. For me, it's just his openness. It's his willingness to contort the voice, to to connote the, the madness that's you know that he was living at, at this very moment. And it feels very real. It feels very sincere to me. And I like that it's not repeated like the rest of the song. I like that this kind of forms the centre of the song. And then we essentially have the same after this we go back into the now 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 and then another riff and stuff like that and we're about six minutes in so the last two minutes of the song i think could do the cutting i think if invisible kid was like a 
five six minute it would have a bit more impact I, I still dig it though and i know i remember we had nick mccoviak on the show recently for ice tunny and he said that he was down with it as well and i think a lot of people fuck with invisible kids definitely let me know what you think in the comments about this song what i think about this song get in touch with me metallicapod at gmail.com you know ideally what i would like to do and what i normally do try and do is you know to have a few emails each week about the songs that we've covered beforehand to go through it doesn't really happen as much it happens in dribs and drabs but yeah if you want to get in touch of course at metallicapod as well we always put the the twitter questions out there i don't think i did one for this one because obviously we had to re-record the episode but again if you've got any invisible kid feedback yeah so that's kind of my thoughts on invisible kid and i like the end riff as well which i guess maybe a lot of people might not have heard or don't remember because it is a long song and i guess when you get past the ooh if you can get past the ooh um you're gonna go on to something a bit more palpable to your taste but yeah it has a really cool riff at the end a real sort of dirgy kind of you know yeah they're kind of really pulling into the frets when you can hear it's got a real big slide to it it's a real crunch um i personally would have liked the song to have faded out but it does end with a crash and you know what the fuck that's their choice uh but yeah I, i i i like invisible kid quite a bit actually it's not my favorite song off say anger um I, what's my favorite song of say anger frantic's obviously great unnamed feeling i probably like all within my hands actually i yeah yeah i think i say all within my hands is probably my favorite song definitely check out the episode i did with dave on that that was a really fun episode uh we've done frantic so far as well and dirty window with Joe Haddock, Joseph Haddock, who is a great young guy, a big Battle Rap fan, and I know he's big into his heavy musical, I know he's going to listen to this, so uh, shout out to Joe, that was a really fun episode. So yeah, that's really, you know, my two cents on Invisible Kid, um, you know, we're not going to make this the longest episode or anything like that, because normally it's me going back and forth with the uh, educated guest, but here we don't really have, that's kind of all the notes I've got on the track, um, I want to say thanks again to everyone for listening to the show i love doing the show um you know it's a nice kind of thing to just do half an hour of music criticism every week and i know that in the past it was very much i did the episode then on thursday there'd be something else and i'm still trying to do extra content here and there um the finn lizzie episode i'm slowly working on we did the iconography episode last week so definitely check that out um there's lots of stuff that i haven't covered yet you know i need to do a fucking some kind of monster episode definitely i need to do episodes just on the guys and on their history i know that um me and clint have agreed to do a few cool things on metal your podcast as well so whenever they're free to have me i'm gonna go on there um getting rye from the black Sabbath podcast on here and i'm gonna go on there as well to talk about metallica and black Sabbath. obviously i think on metal your podcast we're gonna do um the band's media appearances all their chat shows stuff like that that should be fun i was also saying to clint it'd be really good if we went through the um original uh metal massacre compilation that the band's featured on with uh, lloyd grant of course on the hit the lights and just go for all the other bands as well and the lars ulrich you know there's lots of cool stuff coming up for the channel let me know in the comments uh, metallicapod.gmail.com what just what do you want to see us cover on the future of the show we are going to do the guitar hero episode as well um yeah so lots of cool stuff out there and also, you know, I know, again, Battle Rap fans, whatever, <laughs> Metallica fans, are it's a very small sliver in that Venn diagram in between. But I did a game show that's gotten like 5,000 or so views on YouTube so far. So search Battle Rap Resume and find Bastermind, which is our take on a Mastermind. And uh, yeah, I did a live game show with like graphics on the screen and shit like that. We shot it in uh, High Park in London on a kind of somewhat dry day. <laughs> so definitely check that out. Um, yeah, what have I been listening to? I'm just trying to think of some things to uh, pad out this running time with. What have I been listening to? Let's have a look at my Spotify. Yeah, but listen to a lot of Wipers. I don't know if you guys have heard of that band. They're a sort of a proto-grunge band from the early 80s. 
Kurt Cobain actually listed the first three albums on his top 50 greatest albums. And I'm not saying that as if, oh my God, Cobain said it, you know, I'm not, I don't like worship at the guy ever. Did watch Montage of Heck recently, which is a really good documentary about him. But yeah, Wipers are fucking great. Definitely recommend their first album, Is This Real? It's kind of a um, dissonant power pop. You can definitely see the influence on grunge about 10 years later, the kind of loud chorus, the kind of loud choruses and quiet verses and, you know, way before the picks and stuff. But yeah, the song Mystery which is 1 minute 48. If you want to listen to one new song today, listen to Mystery by Wipers. That's a really fucking good tune. Listen to a bit of Bumblefoot as well. He was a guitarist in Guns N' Roses for a little while. His album Hands, uh, I think it's his second or third album, he sings and plays guitar on it. It's got some absolutely wild guitar playing on it. Really, really cool, funky stuff. Really good record. A bit of And So Watch You From Afar as well. Great Northern Irish um, instrumental band. I'm pretty sure I mentioned that on Metal Your Podcast when we are going through top 10 metal bands. Black Flag as well. Always getting into Black Flag and what an interesting band Black Flag are because Damaged their debut at least their debut of Henry Rollins is 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 terrific it's it's what people of my generation will always refer to as Tony Hawk's music which is kind of hard to explain but the Tony Hawk's games one to four had and maybe even underground as well but definitely one to four had one of the greatest soundtracks I've ever heard and we just play the games all the time so they're just embedded in my head and it's kind of that gutter punk kind of LA sort of idea and yeah but as I went through with Black Flag they have like instrumental albums and stuff like that and Greg Jean is is a genius as well and long form stream of consciousness stuff and you know I just thought they were I just thought they were Tony Hawk's music. Anyway, as I said many times in this episode, I'm just I'm just rambling now. Um, I do want to do an episode, I should say, in the future, maybe just going through like my top ten favorite instrumental records or top ten favorite X or Y, because you know it's great to talk about Metallica, but it's great to talk about other music as well. And I still need to do a Boston episode. <laughs> but yeah, this has been Tom, Alf Metallica, going through Invisible Kid. Let me know what you think of the episode. We will see you in the next few weeks. What have we got coming up? We've got It's Electric coming up with Jack next episode. Then the Judas Kiss with Mark. Jump in the Fire with Jim. Junior Dad with Tommy. And then Clint, Mr. Clint Wells is coming on for Just a Bullet Away. It's episode number 78. So we've got a packed month or so. That's about it, really. Patreon is there if you want to give back. Thank you to everyone that does give back to the show. Is hugely appreciated. You know, really an honor um, that people will be so generous over there. Metallicabuddygmail.com. Yeah, keep listening to Metallica. Give Invisible Kid another try. Or maybe you hate it forever. I understand that as well. Take it easy. Bye.